So I took a few days off, came back, and there was a young man in my office that was there. The company had been involved in some litigation. And we met when he was going through my drawers. His name was Michael Lecter, and we just celebrated 40 years of marriage. So I tell everybody, Napoleon Hill says, out of every adversity comes a seed of an equal or greater benefit. My worst business mistake, till to this, you know, probably till today, the worst business mistake gave me my best life choice. And so none of us are truly perfect. I know that might burst a few bubbles, but life is there for us to learn from. Welcome to Pivot Me, where we give business tips and mental hacks so you can move past your biggest obstacles and live the life you've earned. And now your host, business advisor and performance expert, April Garcia. For years, I made large companies larger and rich people richer. Now I coach driven entrepreneurs to hack success, create more time and get better results through high performance habits, the multiply me method, and a little mental gymnastics. On Pivot Me, I talk to thought leaders and experts sharing our successes, our many scrubs, and how we can all use both to move us to the next level. Join us and learn real simple steps to pivot you and your business towards the life you've earned. This interview today is near and dear to my heart. I was able to sit down with someone who had shaped my career and she was really instrumental in me becoming a real estate investor when I was young. I shared the story actually of how I showed up to my first real estate closing with overalls, vans, and a pixie cut. The title company thought I was actually in the wrong building. Who do I have to thank for taking this plunge? Well, my guest today is Sharon Lecter, the financial literacy expert, keynote speaker, New York Times bestselling author who has 26 books over her 35-year career as a CPA. She has advised two U.S. presidents on financial literacy and, of course, co-authored the international best-selling series, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which she'll talk about how that all began in the first place. Later, she was tasked with re-energizing the teachings of Napoleon Hill and worked closely with his foundation to promote financial literacy and released more best-selling books with the foundation, including Three Feet from Gold, Outwitting the Devil, Think and Grow Rich for Women, and Success and Something Greater. She's also featured in the movie Think and Grow Rich, The Legacy, and on the national television series World's Greatest Motivators. But what I am most excited about talking about today is her latest book, Exit Rich. That's the newest title where she teaches entrepreneurs to build value and scalability in their business so they can exit rich. We're going to talk about how not to have a job, but actually have a business. And she's going to go through the six P's so that we can make that exit. Even if you're not ready to exit yet, you need to listen to this interview. Let's get into it. All right, well, let's kick this off. I am so excited for my guest today. Thank you for joining us today, Sharon. I am so delighted to be with you, April. Thank you. I appreciate you. Yes. Uh, well, we are excited to talk about your new upcoming book. We've got so many questions to dig into. But first, I would love to know how you got into this type of work. I know that you're also very passionate about financial literacy, and I'm, I'm curious how you ended up on this path to begin with. Well, thank you, April. Obviously, I've been around a long time, so I'll try and give you the Cliff Notes version. Um, I grew up in a very entrepreneurial home, but we were lower middle class. We lived in a little tiny house between my mom's beauty shop and my dad's used car lot. We had rental properties that I had to help scrub out bathrooms between tenants at the age of 10. I swore I'd never be an entrepreneur. I was going to be a college uh, graduate and a professional. So I was the first generation to get a degree and started in public accounting, one of the very first women in public accounting in the Southeast United States. Loved it. Young, single, Atlanta, you know, what could be better? And then um, I get to about the age of 25 and I realized I was working incredibly long hours for someone else. All of a sudden, my parents started looking a lot smarter and I made the decision to leave public accounting and I haven't ever looked back. I've kept my CPA credentials for almost 35 years, but started a woman's magazine, sold that, then met the inventor of the first talking children's book. I just had another interview happen right here where 
back in the late 80s, 1987, we founded this company when kids didn't like to read. And it was kind of the first electronics for children. And we, I learned so much about printing and about manufacturing, but most about the power of association. So we aligned with companies like Disney, little companies, Disney, Warner Brothers, Sesame Street, uh, Marvel Comics, and such an incredible opportunity because parents didn't know us and this new technology, but they knew those companies. And so it allowed us to really exponentially grow around the world. Sold that company in 91, moved to Arizona. 92, my oldest son went off to college in September, came home in December in credit card debt. I was so mad at him, but I was more mad at myself because I realized being out in the real world that most people didn't think like I did. I grew up in an arena where it was all about assets, investing your time to buy, build, or create assets. The rest of the world, it seemed like, was just chasing money, time for money. And then to see my son get into debt like that, that was December of 1992. And I dedicated the rest of my career to financial literacy, financial education, and entrepreneurial education. Started working with schools, hence the white hair. <laughs> and um, a few years later, my husband called me one day. Every, every phone call can change your life. And he had met this guy named Robert Kiyosaki who had flip-flops and a Hawaiian shirt with this idea for a board game. And I met Robert at a beta test for the board game Cashflow and loved it, said, I want to help you commercialize this. I was the only one that got out of the rat race. And because of my experience from the talking book and the magazine, I was able to pull, help pull that together and commercialize it. But during that process, he told me he wanted to charge $200 for the board game. And we're talking 1996. Yeah. So that's pretty pricey. So maybe we should write a brochure about what your philosophy is that will convince people that they want to buy the book. And I think I have one here on my desk. And that little brochure that we wrote was called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And most people don't know that because we never expected this to be a product in its own right. We were writing a brochure, something they give away and never expected to write more than one book. So all of a sudden people wanted more. We decided to write a trilogy, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Cashflow Quadrant, Rich Dad's Guide to Investing. Oh no, they wanted more. So in our 10 years, we wrote 15 books together. I launched an additional series of books called Rich Dad Advisors, and we grew the Rich Dad brand around the world in well over 100 countries, over 50 languages. And it was truly a, an example of viral marketing before the internet, before Amazon, believe it or not. And so that was, an, um, that was really an amazing time. In 2007, I made the decision to leave because Robert and I were no longer aligned with what we want. Uh, money does just amplify more of who you really are. And I was no, we were no longer on the same path as to what we wanted out of the company. So I made that choice to leave, not knowing what was in front of me. I'm thinking Rich Dad was my legacy. 15 books is like giving birth 15 times, right? And a few months later, I got a phone call from President Bush asking me to be on the President's Advisory Council. And I served Bush and Obama. I would not have had that call had I still been at Rich Dad. A few months later, I got the call from the Napoleon Hill Foundation. We know what was happened to the economy in 2008. And they said, please help us reinvigorate Napoleon Hill's teachings. I would not have gotten that phone call had I still been at Rich Dad. And I share this story with you because each and every one of you, sometimes you have to close a door for other doors to open. And so I challenge you to think about your own life. Is there something in your life that you need to stop doing so that you have new opportunities unfold for you. So fast forward, I had an incredible opportunity. I've written multiple books with the foundation from Three Feet from Gold, Out Winning the Devil, Think and Grow Rich for Women, Success in Something Greater. And then my most recent book, which we're going to talk about, Exit Rich, is with Inc. Magazine. I'm very excited about it because it's my 26th book and it brings everything together. So many people who own businesses really own a job. They haven't put in the, the structure. And I know we're going to talk about this, but I really wanted to help people find the tools to build the structure and the value in their business so that they could take their successful business, make it sustainable, scalable, and saleable. And that brings you to today and me having the opportunity to meet April Garcia. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, what a story. 
Let me just ask a couple questions. First, one of the one of the things we often talk about is a pivot point, right? So in Pivot Me, we talk about this moment where everything changed. And you just illustrated several pivot points in your life where everything changed. And I love this idea of if I would have still been going through the other door, this wouldn't have this opportunity wouldn't have existed. And the problem is, as the saying goes, we look so long at that closed door, right? We look so long at this opportunity that we perceive it as missed or we, we kind of mourn that loss. We don't see the other door that opens. So I love all the pivot points that happened. And also the story of it was your your son's credit card debt that really initiated this fire in your belly for financial literacy. And so many of us, you know, many Pivot Me listeners are business owners and Many of us are guilty of building stressful jobs, not businesses. And so I love that you pointed out that we've got to stay away from that J-O-B. Even if we're the one who signed the paycheck, we can often fall into that. I have to tell you a quick story though, Sharon. So there was a time years ago where I graduated high school and I was this little ruffian kid, man. I was just a scrapper, gotten a lot of trouble. I told the story a few podcasts ago that I was actually voted least likely to succeed. I mean, I was a troubled teen. You were one of those. I was one of those. <laughs> you did not want your son or daughter to, to be friends with me. That was me. And I flipped a switch at around 18, 19. And I decided I was going to live a very different life now that I was an adult. Bought a ticket to London, went out on my own, you know, put myself through college, all that sort of stuff. But during that time, I got a book and it was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I read it to cover to cover. And I was one of those people that couldn't wait for the next one. And I read everyone in the series. I became a real estate investor before I was old enough to buy a beer and never looked back. I love that story. I just it's love it. It's totally you. true. There, If you could see my bookshelf, they're all lined up at the bottom. So when Michelle connected us, I said, oh, I'm, I'm very familiar with her material because it's what got me into real estate. And I knew I was a fresh faced kid, went to my first closing in overalls and bright blue hair, signed my first townhouse. So I just needed to let you know and thank you for the work that you did. I love that. I absolutely adore that. A few weeks ago, Tarek Almus is a friend of mine and he's the star of Flip and Flop and we've known each other for years, but he has a new fund investing in, in multifamily units. And it, I was at a supporting him at one of his kickoffs for the fund and his partner came up to me and his name is Chris. And he said, Sharon, you don't know who I am, but 17 years ago, you came to teach my class, my entrepreneurship class at the University of Arizona. And because of that class, I am now a multimillionaire in real estate. Oh my gosh, you just never know. You just never know whose heart you touch. And, and, I, and I applaud you because a lot of people read the book and don't do anything. So you actually read it and did something. So I did. Stand, stand tall in your own pride because you set a great example for other people. Thank you. I didn't do it all right. I made a lot of mistakes. <laughs> for the first two years, I turned lots over of, lots of 13 learning people. Opportunity. Learning I, uh, I had a lot of character building days. Let me tell you that. I learned a great deal, but I'm a big believer that once you get through a door, your job is to the next person through that and so i wanted you to know that the information that you taught so many years ago that i received it and i did my part in sharing it with other people along the way too it's funny and now look at what you're doing it you were sharing it with all of your community so i'm so proud of you i'm so thankful so appreciative that something i did inspired you to take that action but i'm so proud of what you're doing to help others so thank That's, you absolutely and and the thing is one thing i want to point out is you literally can take a book like this, I'm kind of in a different direction, but it's so relevant. If you're listening right now, you can literally take a book. It can be one book, completely change your life, your business, your entire trajectory, because I'm going to be honest. And I'm not just saying this because we're talking. That book was it, it. That was the series for me. I didn't know anyone who invested in real estate. That was a crazy idea. Not family, friends. I didn't know a single person that did this kind of thing. And I was like, Literally, I had this book and go, well, I think I know how to do this. And I, in fact, I went to the loan officer and I didn't have the down payment and I took a cash advance. This is going to make your CPA heart stop. So just brace yourself. I took a cash advance on a student visa at 27%. And that was the down payment for the house, which is terrible. Don't do that. It does give me a bit of a heart. It does. It hurts, doesn't it? 
<laughs> but but you made it work. You made I, it work. I, and that's I, what it's all about. And it's, you know, the what Rich Dad Poor Dad did to create personal finance from a standpoint of a global personal finance brand. I really think that Exit Rich does the same thing for businesses to help people understand how to create that stability and financial you know, aptitude and growth and scalability for businesses. Sure. And let's talk about that. So a lot of people don't think about, again, a lot of Pivot Me listeners are business owners. And what I've found is that a lot of people don't think about exiting until they're a little far down the road. We got to be planning for the exit way before we're ready to exit. So talk to me about why you guys wrote Exit Rich and the things it can do for the business owner who's listening right now. Well, thank you, April. I appreciate that. You know, you've heard start with the exit in mind, um, buying real estate. Your profit in real estate is on the buy, not on the sell. You've heard that statement too. And it's... Unless you want to work yourself silly until the day you die, when you start a business, you ought to have in mind what you want to do with it and how you want to exit. If you have a business where you have outside investors, their first question is, what's the exit? And so understanding, and you may not want to sell it, but you may want to have it so you can give it to your kids so they can inherit for generational wealth. And in order to do that, there's some few very important steps you have to do that we outline in Exit Rich, and that is build the foundation around the business. A lot of people fall in love with their product, start selling it, and never put the structure in the business. They don't have the right agreements. They don't own what they think they own because they haven't crossed the T's and dotted the I's. And so when somebody comes in potentially to buy you, they start asking questions and your answer is the price comes down. They ask you another question, the price comes down because you haven't done your homework. And so we want you to go through this book and be able to structure your business, check the boxes so that when somebody comes in, they are impressed. First impression means a lot. They're impressed with how organized you are, how prepared you are, how you've identified that value in your company, you've protected it, you've leveraged it. And all of a sudden that price goes up because all of a sudden you have three or four companies wanting to buy you and the price keeps going up. That's because you've done your homework to position your business in the best light and the best opportunity available. Yeah, that's a, such a great point. Now, one thing you were saying is I noticed buyers, you said plural. Now I've seen a lot of people that want to sell their business and they go, well, I've got a buyer. They've got this person in mind. What would you say to that? Well, and it may very well be the right buyer. The question is, are you going to spend all of your time? Because what happens when you're running a business and somebody comes in and wants to do due diligence, it takes a ton of time. So you want to make sure that any potential buyer is qualified. You want to make sure that it's the right industry. You want to have some initial conversations about what their plans are so that you're not taking, spending, I've seen this happen so many times, hours and hours and hours with somebody coming in and they want to see everything. They see everything and they go, oh, not for us. And they're gone. And you've just invested tons of time. I want you to invest the time in at the beginning before you have that buyer so that when a buyer comes in, you are already addressing those issues. You have answers for the questions they ask, but even before they come in, and that's the, where the advantage of my co-author, Michelle Seller Tucker, her company as a business broker, they know who the potential buyers are. They can bring them to the table, but they also can identify those that are just looky-loos that are not really serious about buying your company. And that's where you have the benefit, whether it be a business broker or you have a mergers team, accountants and attorneys who understand the transactional side of selling a business, understand that process. They can help guide you because you probably haven't done it before. So let's bring in some experts who know what to do, how to do it, when to do it, what to say, what not to say, and have the opportunity to not use up all of your time dealing in an area that you're not familiar with. Yeah. So when I hear some of the mistakes that business owners are making in their exit, I heard that lack of structure and processes. What are some of the other mistakes that they're doing that are ultimately either prohibiting the sale or getting them a much smaller valuation? <laughs> Where do I start? <laughs> so many. <laughs> so in this book, we talk about the six Ps. Let me go through that and I'll identify some of the re reasons that you need to pay attention to them. The first one's people. Do you have the right people on your team? Do you have people who are strong where you are weak? Do you have a mentor? 
because when somebody comes in to buy you, they want, they're going to look at your team. They, they want to know who's there, who they need to keep. All that. Very important to understand the right people. And too many business owners try to do everything themselves. That's why they own a job. And so the first thing is, do you have your business set up so that it can run without you? Is that a scary thought? If it is, then you probably do too much. You want to set the business up. Then the second one is your product. Now, let's talk about your product. You may be so in love with one product, but that product, one product could be six if you had somebody helping you understand how to leverage that and how to go into different verticals. So product, then processes, all right? No matter where in the world I go to McDonald's, they all operate the same because of the business systems. And so much of the intangible value of a company are in the systems. People don't identify them. They rely on people. And it's so much easier to manage a system than personalities. And so identifying, how do you answer the phone? How do you recruit? How do you get people into the company? How do you process an order? How do you source your goods? How do you deliver? How do you pay? How do you charge? All of those are systems within your company. And usually within those systems, you're going to find how you do something better than your competition. You can identify the next one, which is your proprietary, and that's your competitive advantage. How do you do things better than someone else in quality, price, performance? All of those things are very, very important, and most people ignore them, and that's my superpower. I help people identify their intangible values, including intellectual property, identify it, protect it, and leverage it. So when you ask me what people don't do right, they don't have the right people on their team. They have not truly leveraged their products or protected them. They have not established the business systems. They're still relying on people and personality. Somebody leaves and they're at a loss because they don't document what they do and how they do it. Proprietary. They haven't identified the intellectual property of their company. The fifth P is patrons. Now, this is really important for all of your listeners and viewers, because in today's world, everybody's excited about their Instagram followers or Facebook, their LinkedIn, and they get so excited because they have hundreds of thousands, if not millions of followers. You do not own them. Mark Zuckerberg owns them. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. And so they are lead generation tools and they're very important. I'm not belittling the value of having a large social media presence, but you need to nurture them, bring them home to your database, provide a nurturing campaign, give away something so they come and register so that you end up bringing those names into your database. Many companies sell just for the database. So I challenge you to think about how are you doing in that? Are you bringing them home? Are you adding to your database? Are you nurturing your database? And then the sixth one is profits. Of course you wanna make a profit, but most people focus on the product and the profit and they don't have all those other elements. And that's why they can't sell their business. That's powerful. Uh, the line that you just said, many companies sell because of their database. That is so important. When Michelle and I were talking a short time ago, I was telling her about a, a steel manufacturer that I'd gone up and consulted for a while. And when I said, okay, where's your, where's your database? They've been in business for years. What exactly did you mean? And I said, like a, like a CRM or where's your CRM? Didn't have one. Did they point uh, you to a file cabinet in the they corner? They sure did. They had a Rolodex at several different people's desks, not even at one desk. And you had to go hunt and peck. And I thought, okay, this is going to be more difficult than I thought. And they were $50, $60 million business, no database. And and that's that's one of many times that I've seen that happen. And I thought, there, there's your biggest handicap right then. I mean, and they're thinking of their assets as their this staff and, and this amount of business and this proprietary product, and those are all important, but we couldn't even tell new people who they were selling to. And so this isn't necessarily a small business problem. This isn't necessarily a, a $5 million a year revenue business. This could be a $50 million a year business that's making the same mistakes. Only 3% of speakers, podcasters, and authors make enough money to do it as a full-time career. 3%. Man, that's bad. I came from the big business world. And if I wanted to scale my speaking career and release courses, I knew I needed more than just case studies and metrics. I actually needed a personal brand. 
Brand Builders Group is a personal brand strategy firm for thought leaders, experts, and entrepreneurs, and they work with some of the biggest names. They help clarify your message, expand reach, and increase revenue while monetizing your personal brand. I still do their monthly consulting package, but I've also done their workshops, webinars. They're all great. Don't be part of the 97% who can't afford to do the work they love full time. Connect with the same team I hired to help me. Check them out at pivot-me.com backslash partners and get on their schedule for a free call. That's right. It's huge. It's huge. And there are quite a few people out there that are making $50, $100 million and they don't have the elements that we share in Exit Rich put together because they've grown so quickly. They haven't. You know, and I, talk, I use a comparison since you have real estate investors in your group of a house. You got to go down before you can go up. You got to build the foundation so that house can weather the storm. A house doesn't work if it doesn't have electricity and plumbing system. Those are the systems within a house. And so, yes, you can put lipstick on, you get the greatest furnishings. But if you don't have, in fact, we had a big major renovation here at my home and expanded the kitchen and the plumber forgot to tie the kitchen sink into the plumbing lines. They had to completely crack oh. open all of our tile and everything to, to do that. Systems, you got to have the systems and they have to be working. And that's something that within a business, too many people are trying to use duct tape and bailing wire to keep the, the business going and you cannot scale that way. Yeah. And it comes out like we all, I think a lot of us entrepreneurs are guilty of that at first, right? Because we're we're resourceful. That's kind of our shtick, right? It's like, oh, I can make this work and we can go in and kind of duct tape it together. But then there comes this tipping point where you no longer could do that and effectively scale your business. Sharon, let me ask you this. How often do you see it that it's, let's say sub hundred million? How often is it the business owner that's the bottleneck for the business? Oh, many times. What ha one of the, when I talk about that first P people, um, entrepreneurs are by far the best salesperson for their company. They are innovators. They like to create something new. They're solving a problem and serving a need. For the vast majority of them, they are lousy operators. They get bored, they get frustrated. And it's really important to have people on your team who love to be operators. In my company, Angela Topman is my right hand. She's been with me 20 years. I'm hired as an intern out of ASU. She is a systems queen and a you know accountability guru. I don't like to do those things. I'm all about shiny object syndromes. Give me something new to do, some problem to solve, and I'm going to go after it. And she pulls me back. Yes. Like, How does this change our priorities? You need that give and take. Yeah. If you don't have that person on the team, then you're having to, to step in for that and you're not doing a very good job at it. It's a totally different skill set. We all have that. I, I have someone on my team that does that for me. When we're going to develop a new product, we're going to go in a new direction. She immediately goes into this. And I, I actually do like systems, but she, I still like the shiny new object and she has to pull us back. And if you don't have that person on your team, make sure you put them in so they can kind of be your true north on some of these things. Sharon, earlier we were talking a lot about real estate and I know that you are are involved or you've been educating some on EXP Realty. Talk to me about that. It sounds like a pretty interesting thing. Well, thank you, April. Yes, you know, I've obviously been around a long time and for my entire career dedicated to financial education. I've never really aligned with one single company because I want to be um, Switzerland. But last year I was introduced to EXP Realty and it's such a perfect example of combining transactional revenue, commissions on selling real estate with passive income from ownership in the company. There's no other company like it. It's the fastest growing real estate company in the world. It's now in 14 companies, countries. It's adding several more before the end of the year. It's got over 57,000 agents growing quickly every single month because it was a company that was founded by Glenn Sanford for the agent. His goal and creating the company was to create millions of millionaire agents. Or if you're a real estate agent out there, I want to support you in becoming a millionaire agent. And so the company from the very first transaction, you earn stock ownership in the company. And so when I first heard about it, in fact, my friend Lisa Copeland was at my ranch and she was on the phone and she's talking about this to this guy. I'm going, what are you talking about? Tell me more because it's totally virtual cutting edge, 
So you have the transaction revenue, you have the ability to bring other people into the organization. So you have a revenue share from what the company would get, not the agent, and you have the opportunity to earn stock. But even more importantly, in this world of real estate, you have the ability to bring in people globally, not just in your geographic region. Other companies, you have to, people have to be licensed in your state. And so this, you can bring people in from other states, other countries, and they're part of your organization and you can earn money off of what they do. And so it truly is, there's no other company out there like it, which is why I chose my husband actually he's an attorney. He's not going to be out selling real estate, but we believed in it so much. He took the time to get licensed so we could become part of the company so we could share it to others. So that the people that are out there doing transactional real estate actions, call me, come to it. We want to get you to the point where every transaction you make, you earn stock because that gives you legs. That gives you the longevity of having passive income in the future. This is such a different model, but it just makes sense. That's a great opportunity. Yeah. And I invite you just reach out to me, info at SharonLector.com. We'd be happy to go through the process with you, share it with you and let you see the model. So when we're looking at Exit Rich, we talked about a lot of the things that people do wrong. Have you seen the threads on the things that people are doing right? Do you get into a business and you go, man, they nailed it from the beginning. Is there some through lines that you can tell us about? Well, absolutely. I think um, you know, there's there's a few areas that I think um, can shadow, sh- you know, shake a few foundations that are on this program right now. You start a business, you have the legal entity. People go, "Oh, lawyers are too expensive." I'll write, I'll pull something off the internet. I'll I'll just write it up. But we have a handshake deal, all right? And that happens. But people who really want to do it right and make sure the agreements are tight. So, for instance, um, when you're a small company with a big company, you have a deal with them. If it's not in writing, because the person you're negotiating with may not be in that chair in two years but yet you have a legal document. So if that legal document does not include everything that you've been committed from this big company, you're, you can get in trouble. So for when we have we clients, we mentor them, we support them through this process, understanding that you have to make sure you have the complete legal agreements, establish your rights, your ownership, your authority, the accountability in a relationship. You know, a lot of times my husband is an intellectual property attorney, as I had mentioned earlier, and years ago, many, many years ago when we were living in Wisconsin, he represented Wendy's. And at the time, Wendy's had, and you're probably too young to remember this, but Wendy's had a commercial with three little old ladies. And he said, where's the meat? Where's the meat? Where's, oh, where's, the, the, where's the, beef? the beef? Where's the I beef? I do remember that. Yes. Yes. And Wendy's made billions after that. Everybody loved, where's the, where's the beef? Where's the beef? And they got sued by a little outfit called Suburbia because they had had the very similar commercial years before with three little old men coming up to the counter with the long hoagie thing saying, where's the meat, right? And on the surface of it, it was pretty scary for Wendy's because they had billions of dollars at risk. And, you know, my husband looked at the documentation. So when this Suburbia hired, I think his name was Stottlemyre, a marketing agent, to do the commercial, They did not get ownership rights. It was not established as a work for hire. So Sotomayor was within his rights to do the exact same commercial, changing it to three little ladies and from where's the meat to where's the beef. And so Wendy's won. But boy, did they go through panic. And so as again, do you own what you pay for? And in today's world of outsourcing everything, a lot of companies think they own their database, they think they own their logos and their website, but did you have a written agreement that transfers ownership to you as a work for hire? Nine times out of 10, we find that's a problem in most companies. Those companies that do it get themselves situated and they can actually grow and scale very quickly. Those companies that don't take care of those issues end up having great success and they start wobbling because they don't have it put together appropriately. That is such a good reminder. You know, and and it's funny because even sometimes, Sharon, when we know better, we still kind of push the envelope. I'll tell you at the very beginning, this was originally called the spark. It was for about three months until I got a notice of trademark infringement. They'd actually filed it wrong. So technically I didn't infringe. Long story short, hired an IP attorney 
ended up landing on a name that was better suited, but it was such a good reminder because luckily it was at the beginning of our journey. But a lot of people that do podcasts, a lot of people that do a variety of different, even tangible, like the physical products aren't checking to see if, and, and you shouldn't and check. Think, you should oh, hire. it's not going to be a problem. They're in Europe or they're on the other side of the country. And all of a sudden you start creating great success. And you get and on you someone's get that, radar and you get that registered letter saying, oops, and you put all that time, energy and investment and equity brand equity into establishing a brand that you can no longer own. So, yes, rebranding is a nightmare. Important. It's a nightmare. OK, so tell me, paint a picture of exactly who this book is for. Oh, great question, because it's so important. We, obviously, with a title, you think it's for somebody that wants to sell their business. And it is. It absolutely is. You know, Steve Forbes, my friend, says is a goldmine for entrepreneurs. But it's so much more than that. If you want to build a successful business, yeah, you can take my Essential Components of a Successful Business online course that's $2,000. You can hire me as a mentor for $50,000 a year, or you can buy this $2,497 book and go through the process of understanding how to add that strength and versatility into your business so that it can be a foundational business that becomes an asset. I can't believe it. I've been on this podcast this long and it's the first time I've used this word. Someone said the word asset. My favorite you get word, it in five more times, Sharon. Yes, my favorite word on earth is asset, right? So your business becomes an economic engine because you've read and you've done what we talk about, building that foundation. You don't have to sell it, but it gives you the opportunity to find that value, identify it, protect it, and, and sleep better at night knowing that you've own a business, not a job. It's also, if you are looking to invest in someone else's business, what an incredible tool to use this to analyze how they're doing. How do they rank on this? And it's a wonderful tool for that. It's a wonderful tool for if you want to start a new business and say, how do I do it right? So yeah, it's for every business owner, whether you're an investor or an owner, you're going to find one thing, minimum of one thing in here that's going to save your company and add value to it. Yeah, that's tremendously valuable. Now, Sharon, I'm thinking about through your career, the experience, you've written so many books, you've both enjoyed a lot of success on your own accord, and you've worked with tons of successful people. One of the things that we talk about on Pivot Me also is just sort of these success practices, things that you've seen that have helped people get ahead, whether that's in real estate or just business at all. We were talking a little bit about this before we started the podcast. Have you noticed some through lines in the people that have been successful through the years? Again, real estate or business, what's the correlation? Well, you know, I, I launched a play big movement a few years ago, and it's about being number one in your field, living your legacy and creating maximum impact. The way you're number one in your field is that you sharpen your tools. You stay as an authority in your business, you know what's happening. Real estate right now is just crazy. Lowest interest rates, high demand, low supply, but it is a perfect time to get involved in real estate. And Mike and I have gotten more involved recently with joining EXP Realty because we see it as a model that helps real estate agents. But for a success person from many, many years ago, back in the time of faxes, I had this daily practice and it was the 222 rule, two phone calls, two written notes and two faxes about the future of my business. Because as an entrepreneur, we, are, we're, we get started. We're like in a car. We have our steering wheel. We have the windshield. We can go anywhere we want. We have our foot on the accelerator. We're accelerating. We're absolutely having tremendous success. And then we get the call from the accountant and our foot comes off the accelerator. We have to deal with last week's payroll. Then we get another call from our attorney, like from your trademark attorney. And it's like, oh my gosh, I got to deal with something that happened months ago. If it comes off the accelerator, you are your best salesperson. So you want to constantly be driving forward, but those kinds of things happen. And so for me, having a habit where every day I pushed forward and did something about the future of my business with Two phone calls, two notes, and two faxes. Now, today it's like five twos because faxes are out, but I still do the notes, the calls. I do you know, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. So again, every day doing something so I can reach more people and expand my impact.
If you didn't hear on last week's episode, I got to bring you in the know. We finally did it. We are launching a new time slot for the live Pivot Me Mastermind. This is you and me and a small group, a very small group of your peers. It's how we level up. If you're getting after goals, and if you're listening to this podcast, you probably are getting after goals, then you need a growth team to support you in the process. We can spend five years sitting next to someone in an office. And they never really get to know you. They never really see you. But we're going to see you. We're going to see your goals, your dreams. We're going to get right into it with you and help make them happen. The mastermind helps you level up each week. We are accepting applications for nine spots. Only nine spots are available. We like to keep these very small, very intimate. And the final date is quickly approaching. So find out more by going to pivot-me.com backslash mastermind, answer those four questions and get on a call with me. Educate, elevate, and execute, baby. Join us. Your team's waiting for you. As you expand your impact, I don't want to jump into the what's next for you because that's one of our last questions, but I'm curious what you're driving to. Like, what's the goal? Well, thank you for that, April, because I... (laughs) I've actually started getting a complex about it because in the last three months, I've had so many people, why are you still doing what you're doing? Because I've been financially free since I was 38. That was a long time ago. And, but my passion, I grew up with a father that would ask me tonight, Sharon, have you added value to someone's life today? And he's been gone 15 years, but I still ask myself that. Have I added value to someone's life today? And so what, what's next for Sharon is the next interview, the next phone call, the next way that I can pour into someone with my experience, my mistakes that I learned from, and my learning opportunities and my successes where I can see, for most people that almost everyone I work with, I see a greater potential for them than they see for themselves. And it's such a joy to me. And we talk about pivot time. You know, obviously I've shared some of my business pivots, leaving public accounting, leaving Rich Dad. But the greatest pivot in my life was in December of 2012 when I lost my youngest son. And I, my life went into what I would call neutral stasis. I was a world of numb for several years. And I realized that a lot of people have that happen to them, Um, whether it be a death, a divorce, a financial setback, an illness, and actually decided to retire about five years ago. I got a lot of pushback from family and friends. And I even heard my son in my ear saying, get over it, mom, there's more for you to do. And that's when I launched the Play Big Movement and Facebook as a group and anybody can join it. But I decided that I was still here for a reason. And if I was going to be here, I needed to play a bigger game and play big again. And so I wanted to invite people to come on this journey with me to be number one in their field, to live their legacy and create maximum impact because every one of you, no matter what stopped you in your tracks, for me, loss of a child, it's hard to, it's hard to top that in my world. Um, we're not supposed to outlive our children, but it could have been a death, a divorce, a financial setback, an illness. You're still here. You're still here for a reason. And what you've been through you can help others going through the same thing. And so that is really my driving force is to help people find that success and elevate them to the position of greatest potential in their lives. And that's what feeds me and helps heal a little bit of that hole in my heart. I bet. I'm so grateful for the work that you do and for the contribution focused mindset that you have and the way that you have pivoted and ultimately it ended up back into you pouring into the world even more. So that's absolutely amazing. One of the questions I usually ask Sharon is, and I feel like you kind of said it in there a little bit, but if you could tell the world one thing, what would it be? Well, you are perfect just the way you are. God made us all uniquely who we are. Don't try to be someone else, just be a uniquely you and, and don't wait for that light in the end of the tunnel, because that means you're giving up your powers, become your own beacon of light, stand in your own power, create the world that you desire, deserve, and it's waiting for you. So we're all where we are today because of the choices we made before today. If you want something different in life, simply make different choices and go out and create the success that you deserve. Man, that was fantastic. Oh my gosh, that gave me chills, Sharon. Thank you for that. That was amazing. Sharon, would you share a mistake that you've made? A mistake that you've made in business. We all self-sabotage. We do things we know we shouldn't have done. I picked a name that I knew I should have hired counsel for first. What's one of the biggest mistakes you've made? 
Well, I love that question because the greatest mistake, business mistake I ever made was when I left public accounting. One of my clients called me and he was buying a company out of bankruptcy. And so I knew I was working really crazy hours. And I went back to my apartment and I did the whole pros and cons on a yellow legal pad. I could argue both sides. It didn't help me a bit because I was very successful in my career, but I knew I wanted to own what my own destiny. And my hand took off across the top of the page and said, why not? Why not do something different? Why not take a path less traveled? Why not solve a problem, serve a need? Why not take a risk, step outside your comfort zone? So I made the decision to, to join him. And within a few weeks, I found all kinds of corruption. And I was like, oh, my God, now what am I going to do? I'm newly licensed as a CPA, and I'm stepping into a hornet's nest. So I took a few days off, came back, and there was a young man in my office that was there. The company had been involved in some litigation. And we met when he was going through my drawers. His name was Michael Lecter, and we just celebrated 40 years of marriage. So I tell everybody, Napoleon Hill says, out of every adversity comes a seed of an equal or greater benefit. My worst business mistake till to this, you know, probably till today, the worst business mistake gave me my best life choice. And so none of us are truly perfect. I know that might burst a few bubbles, but, and life is there for us to learn from. And we all make mistakes. Too many people use those mistakes to define themselves. They think they are the failure. No, a failure is an occurrence. It's not a definition. And it's a learning opportunity for you to not repeat it, but to help others avoid it as well. Failure is an occurrence. Oh, that is so good. Just because we're on kind of the mistakes and self-sabotage vein, and I'm just blown away by your answers. Why do you think people struggle with self-sabotage so much? Is it because they make a mistake and they stay in it? They don't move past it? They don't redefine it? Why, why do people struggle with that? In my second book with the foundation was Outwitting the Devil. It was something that hit, was hidden away by seven, for 72 years. Napoleon Hill wrote it right after releasing Think and Grow Rich because he realized even though people know what they're supposed to do, become successful. They don't do it. And it was in large part because of fear. And he talks about the fear of poverty, fear of death, fear of loss of love, fear of old age, but also fear of criticism. And that fear of criticism, I think, is pervasive in our world today. And so fear holds people back. We self-sabotage. We don't take action, fear of inaction. What happens is when you're fearful, you, you're looking down. You want to get under the covers, turn off the lights. And so you miss the world of opportunities around you. In Three Feet from Goal, which was my first book with the foundation, we had the personal success equation, which is your passion and your talent. And that's all about you, what school teaches you. Your, I, I, my passion was actually anger. We weren't teaching kids about money in school. My talent, my many, many years as a CPA and publishing, so I could combine those. And most of us stop there. We think we have to do it on our own, but it's truly a business as a team sport. So you have that passion and talent times a power of association. I'm delighted to now have a new association with April. Okay. Power of association, people on your team, kind of what I talked about in exit rich people. Do you have a mentor that speeds your way to success, helps you steer around pitfalls? Do you have the right people on your team? And then times a taking action. How many times do we know what we're supposed to do, but we don't do it? During COVID, you know, I'm changing my day pajamas for my night pajamas, or I'm binge watching Netflix. Drive me nuts. What an incredible opportunity for us to redefine our life and redefine our business. And then the last element is F for faith. Faith in yourself, faith in what you need, are doing, faith that it's going to be successful. And too many of us, that F is fear. And fear paralyzes us or motivates us. And so in the book, Outwitting the Devil, we talk about how to blast through that fear. And part of that is definiteness of purpose. But a lot of people do self-sabotage. And it's so important for you to have that self-discipline, to learn from adversity. But also it talks about the power of controlling your environment. What are you allowing in your brain? Who are you hanging out with? Are you hanging out with people who want you to succeed? Are you hanging out with people who are jealous of your success? And then the control of your time. Are you spending your time, exchanging time for money? Or are you investing your time in buying, building, and creating income-producing assets? And so I know that's a very long-winded answer to your question, but so many people are, are, are fearful and they're not going to achieve the success they deserve until they find that faith and start looking up because the opportunities are right there in front of you. 
they sure are. I find that people always think that the answer is behind one more degree or one more thing that's just outside of their grasp. And once they get that, then there's something else that pops up and it's, it's usually us that are sabotaging our success. This has been amazing and insightful. Sharon, where should our listeners go to get more of your content, of information on Exit Rich? Where should they go? Well, my website is SharonLector.com and you can contact me through that website, my mentoring programs. Info at Sharon Lecter is my email. I am Sharon Lecter on Instagram, so please connect me with there. But if for getting the book, it's Exit Rich Book dot com not exit rich but exit rich book.com forward slash buy b-u-y and you'll be able to get all kinds of bonuses and extra things and if you buy 10 copies i'm going to send you a gift certificate to my ranch cherry creek lodge here in arizona there we go there you go 10 copies so for you your nine other friends that are entrepreneurs maybe your staff that's what we did internally so we bought it um, i bought it and then i bought some for my teammates as well this has been a great time i appreciate the work that you do the work that you continue to do i for one am so very grateful that you do keep showing up in the world and putting this information out there because there's people that absolutely need what you are what you're sharing today well thank you so much april i truly appreciate you thank you Man, there were so many excellent takeaways from my chat with Sharon. Let's just touch on a few of them. So here at the very beginning is start with the exit in mind. How many of us are focused on growing our business, scaling our business? It takes almost all of our brain and time, but not considering the exit of our business. Or we only consider the exit when there's a health problem, a death, a loss of passion for the thing that once fired us up. We consider the exit when it is too late. Commit to not waiting and actually plan your exit. And as far as running the business, we need to put the structure and systems into place. She said it so many times in so many different ways. We've got to have the structure in place so it is actually a business and not just a super stressful job. And don't rely on your people. Rely on systems for your people, systems for your business. Document what your team does and how they do it. If you are a business owner or even a leader in a small org, Can you honestly say your team's accountabilities are well-documented? And if they're not, it's time to invest in that. It's time to actually sit down and put pen to paper. It's much easier to do it when everything is good, everybody is happy, than when they quit or you need to let them go. That's not the time to document what that person actually does. Sharon also shared some brilliant wisdom on why companies sell. She said many companies sell because of their database, yet... If you ask a business owner why they sell, they would guess proprietary product, the genius of the owner, the market conditions. We would give some other reason than just our database. Something so simple and yet can be so overlooked. If you don't have a solid database, put the structure in place now before you need it. And I'll leave you with one parting thought. Sharon talked about shifting her focus away from the rich dad, poor dad work and how it was only when she closed that door was she called up by two different U.S. presidents and the Napoleon Hill Foundation. She said, you have to close a door for the other doors to open. Is there something in your life you need to stop doing so that something else can open up for you? It's one to think about. Thanks for joining us today and go grab your copy of Exit Rich at exitrichbook.com and use their 6P method to sell your business at a huge profit. Thanks again. Thank you so much for dialing in today. And don't forget, make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love what you hear, give us a five-star review. It means the world to us. Hit me up on Instagram at theaprilgarcia or check us out online at pivot-me.com. This is all made possible with the support of you listeners, the numerous contributors, and our clients. Our music and production is by the amazing Rockwood Audio. Join me next time for more tips on how to hack success. And until then, make it a great day. Thanks, guys. You guys are amazing.